Hi, this is Kathy Rue, your own personal liberal Sherpa, here to guide you through um, or help her navigate you through the sometimes treacherous but always bold, adventurous, dynamic world of society and culture today. Progressive society, liberal society, society. From the proper pronoun to the correct way to ask your baby whether you can change Z's, she's, hers, his, diapers. Never fear your liberal Sherpa, Kathy Roo is here to show you the way. Hey, I'm wide awake. And if you've listened to my other uh, liberal Sherpa podcast, you'll realize that this is like huge. I mean, I should get an award for this one. I'm usually dead asleep and not really quite sure what I'm saying. Now I'm wide awake and I'm not really quite sure what I'm saying. So that's a little scary. But I thought, wow, a day in the life of the liberal Sherpa. I don't get much sleep. I usually have to just run um, the news cycle. And pretty much if you ask anyone who's on TV now, who's an anchor, who's um, a commentator, journalist, any of us who are on TV covering the news, the news cycle has changed so much in the Trump era. And this isn't a liberal thing. It's not a, a conservative thing. It's just the truth. Uh, everyone talks about it in the green room when we're all hanging out before we go on air. In the Obama days, the news cycle was about a week, you could say. In um, the Trump era, the news cycle's a minute, maybe. Uh, You can know exactly what you're about to do and say before you go on air to cover a news story. And while you're getting the mic set up as you sit down in the chair, the president will put out a tweet and the entire news cycle changes within seconds. So I sit down ready to talk about Biden and his Green New Deal, and I'm talking about uh, Donna Brazil and Hillary Clinton two seconds later because the president tweeted about it. So it's not a liberal thing. I swear everyone's saying it. It's just the way it is. The, the news cycle changes, which is why none of us sleep anymore. Um, I am up usually three in the morning, to do a morning show and I sometimes go to bed at one in the morning that night uh, because I did an evening show and it's just because that's the way the news is. Two completely different topics and it just all changed within 12 hours. Okay, so I'm wide awake though because I was not up last night doing a new show. So um, yay. All right, I was asked to do a Fox and Friends um topic. And as I usually do on this podcast, I present to you what was presented to me as the liberal Sherpa. What are my viewpoints as a liberal news analyst, as a journalist? And I'm given a topic, Fox. No one tells me what to say. It all comes from my brain. I conduct a lot of interviews and I go on the air and I say what I say and I debate what I debate. And some of you pull your hair out. Some of you A few of you agree with me. And on the podcast, we go deeper. Um, I get your questions from Twitter. You ask a few questions. You tell me what you think about what I said. And we have a guest, usually someone you've seen me debate or talk to or who shares the air with me on Fox News. And they'll come on and let you know if they agree or disagree with me. And we're going to do the same today. So here it is. You ready? This is my topic. This is what I talked about um, on Fox and Friends first. 
topic that was given to me by my producers. 2020 Democratic candidate Tulsi Gabbard echoes Obama calling out the woke culture and the left's inability to get anything done by just resisting. Do they have a point? So does Obama and Tulsi Gabbard have a point that the left is just um, trying to be woke and nothing's getting done? I went on air and debated and this is this is it. Here's the clip in case you missed it. And if you missed it, you could always go to Fox News and find it or my Twitter page um, at Aru Kathy. But here's a piece of the clip for you. Welcome back. 2020 hopeful Tulsi Gabbard backing this call by former President Obama to end the woke culture. There is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible. If I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right, I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. That's not activism. All right. So does President Obama there have a point in Tulsi Gabbard as well, defending him here to debate liberal analyst Kathy Aru. So there you have it. There was the clip um, from Fox and Friends first. And funny thing about it is that the host went on to call me Candy instead of Kathy when he asked me a question, which was kind of funny. And the producers pulled tape because everyone thought I was insane when I'm like, did you just call me Candy? And uh, really funny. If you go to my Twitter page, the host does say Rob Schmidt, super funny. Yes, I did, in fact, call you Candy on air. So Candy Aru uh, debated that morning on Fox and Friends first. And okay, so I've had um, Joseph Amperatrice, the co-founder of Blue Lives Matter um, from NYC, to um, I had him listen to the clip and tell me what he thinks. Does he agree with me? Disagree with me? And to tell you the truth, usually I say I have a Republican strategist coming on that I've debated on air, but I've never debated him on air before. We know each other from Fox in the green room. We've hung out. We've uh, we've we've talked, but I don't know if he's a Republican liberal. I, I don't know his political affiliation. So he is a Fox News regular and a Fox and Friends regular, but we have actually never debated. So this is our first debate? Uh, I don't know. Oh, but I let everyone know on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, at Aru Kathy, on Twitter, um, I actually asked everyone uh, if they had any questions about this segment and for the co-founder, for Joseph Imperatrice. And surprisingly, so many people had questions. And I found out that Blue Lives Matter is uh, really political. And um, I had no idea how controversial supporting Blue Lives Matter can really be. And I'm a big supporter. And okay, Joseph and I will get into that. So let's just get him on the phone. Hey, Joseph. What's going on? Hey, what's up? Nothing much. How are you? Good. So it's uh, it's me, Kathy. 
Excellent. Excellent. Uh, it's Joseph. It, what? Imperatrice? Imperatrice? Imperatrice. Imperatrice. And the uh, co-founder of Blue Lives Matter NYC. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And um, um, King of All New York. I mean, I can go on and on, right? <laughs> you know, one day, hopefully, we... Uh... We have a little bit more uh, more to speak about, but yes, we're working our way up to it. Good, good, good. Okay, so, you know, I've actually never asked you, because we've met in the green room. We've never debated on air. We've never, never debated on air. We met in the green room. So, I've never, are, do you actually say you're Republican or liberal or Democrat? You know, do you, do you say that when you go on air? No, or? no, I don't. And, and personally, I, I, I don't think that that's always the best way of going about things. Because in my opinion, just like you and me, you meet in the green room, you talk and everything is fine. You can get along. And then sometimes there's other people that the second they find out about what your political affiliation is, suddenly they start looking at you differently. So, no, I don't. You know, I, I, I speak from the heart, especially with all the law enforcement issues I have, because you and me have talked about it. Police officers are made up of not just every other background, ethnicity, religion, but you have liberals, conservatives, Republicans that are all police officers, Democrats. And, uh, you know, it, it's not your political views, especially as a police officer, are supposed to be put aside and you're supposed to do the right thing for the person that you're there to save or help. Exactly. Okay. All right. That's why I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I've never seen Republican strategists under your name or anything like that when you go on air. I uh, I, I quickly kind of got um, labeled, and so under my name is liberal analyst quite often. So, you know, so I don't even need to say where I stand. Uh, I don't think anyone minds at this point, or, or they pretty much know. Um, or they don't know, but they assume. I don't know. But, okay, so the clip that we're talking about is kind of neutral, uh, if you saw it. Did you see the, the woke clip with um, Obama and Tulsi that I did on uh, Fox and Friends? Yes. Okay, what do you think? Do you agree with me or disagree with me on, um, on, Pre on President Obama saying, basically calling out people who call out people, calling out the woke people you know i i kind of agree with the different statements that everyone's making um i do believe and i do understand agree with him or not he was the president of the united states at one time or another and uh he was very one of the best speakers i've ever come across um i do believe that it's the day and age of everyone gets a trophy i believe everyone feels like they're a celebrity you look on social media every single day and someone's trying to become the next big thing um everyone thinks that their views are more important than the others um and instead of and like i said before you and i've had many conversations instead of people coming together to try to fix the solution everyone's trying to make a name for themselves and it's dividing people more and more yeah so by him saying uh that's not activism that being woke saying that you're so woke and you're gonna call someone out that's not activism that's that's just uh that that they're, they're, people aren't focusing on the right thing anymore like the democrats have to focus on winning the gop they need to focus on winning and yep. instead everyone's focusing on being so woke that they're they're mocking each other yes and i like how you said uh in that sense that neither side is right. That's what was great about you with that conversation as well as you weren't taking sides. You said, listen, nobody's right in this sense, but you know what? People do need to step up to the plate and get things done if they want things to go a certain way. Um, a lot of people claim to be activists nowadays. I think it's more for 
political gain to try to boost their their level up and they're not really going out there trying to do positive things um you know myself the event that you threw for the officers uh not too long ago in new york city with the women's republican club you joined forces with somebody that you normally wouldn't uh, a party that you normally wouldn't for something good and it ended up being a great night you and i spoke you know you consider yourself a liberal and i could be conservative down the middle whatever they want to call but when you just sit you talk and you try to work towards a common goal guess what things get done and that's what we need to focus on i like the point that you made in that sense stop complaining stop you know trying to point fingers nobody's right but let's let's set a goal and let's make it happen i love that you said it maybe that's why i love you so much because uh you've always thought that about me like you always you're able to see that and it's funny when i get off the shows most of the tweets I get, I'm gonna read them later in the podcast, but I, I won't, I won't, I won't hold you that long. But um, they do say like, "Oh, you're such a liberal. You're so stupid. Get off air." And uh, I read the comments because I need to know what the viewers are thinking. I like knowing what the viewers are thinking. I mean, half maybe are trolls just to drive me insane. But uh, it, it, sometimes they don't listen to kind of. Uh, uh, you know, we're journalists. We're out there. We're feel. We have our our fingers on the pulse. You know, and uh, yeah. I'm just trying to say what I'm seeing, and I've seen for a few years as a journalist. So I'm glad you pointed out because it was. I don't think it was liberal. It was. It was. Um, everyone's just got to do their thing. Uh, but okay, I got a tweet for you. I didn't. I didn't tell you this, but um, when people found out you were going to be on the podcast today. I asked if anyone had a specific question for you. Okay. Are you ready? This is. I'm ready. It I'm is ready. super interesting. I'm not sure what order to go in because the question is, all right, the question specifically came to you from uh, the King of Zarembeo. This is on Twitter, the King of Zarembeo. And he asked, my question um would be this is to you my question would be in reference to this tweet what does joseph believe is the top reason people believe it's okay to disrespect police publicly and what motivates them to think they can assault an officer by dumping water on them thank you do, do that's you, a great question. Do you know that's, what he's talking about? Because there's a tweet. The president actually put it out. So you do know what it is? I do. Well, there's a tweet recently the president put out in regards to uh, the governor and the mayor making New York City the way it is and that police officers need to be respected. Um, the water bucket incident happened over summer where individuals were throwing water on police officers while they were trying to take police action. There's also another incident where a gentleman hurled a gallon of milk at an officer, which Anyone knows a gallon of milk, that's heavy. God forbid that strikes you or an unintentional person. Someone get get very seriously injured, especially a child. And I really believe the issue is politics. And I've said it a lot, is you have people that go in front of a podium, usually politicians that never, ever walked in the shoes of a police officer, never had the training, never had to make a split-second decision whether or not it was going to be life and death. And they're the ones making policy and criticizing uh, police officers. Um, my opinion is, and like I said earlier, I respect him the death of uh, President Obama, but a lot of what he said um, when he was in office didn't help with individuals out there who are misinformed and take his words for granted. And they went out there and we saw in um, 
Missouri. You know, we saw in Baltimore, we saw in New York, our hometown with the Eric Gardner situation with the violence, and it just kept going and going and going. And it doesn't help nowadays that every time you turn on the TV, you hear bail reform, you hear individuals who are committing serious crimes, not just doing drugs and harming themselves, but that are going and burglarizing people, robbing people, shooting people, and they're going to jail being sent back on the street within hours without any repercussions. And while they're out there doing things over and over again, we saw this past weekend with the individuals on Halloween throwing garbage on top of a marked uh, police car. There needs to be a fine line between respect and fear. Now, I don't mean fear of someone getting hurt by the police. Fear in the sense of, wow, if the police catch me, I'm going to get into trouble. Nobody has that nowadays. You know, when we were growing up, we were so afraid of our parents, right? Because you get your butt whooped or take your uh, favorite you know, game away. This is the generation of let's give everyone everything. Be afraid to be a parent. Be afraid to discipline your kids, and you can't do that. And uh, it's showing every day in these people that have grown up into adults now that have no respect for authority. What? Every time I see you, I'm afraid you're going to arrest me for some reason. So I, I, I do respect your authority. You, you know that. I always, I always ask you if you're going to arrest me. But uh, no, you really think they don't have respect for authority these days? You don't think? Do you feel it? Do you feel that when people see cops? They're not afraid. Is it that cops are afraid? No, um, that people, what? that people aren't afraid. No, they're of... absolutely not. They're, they're absolutely not afraid of the police. They're not no. afraid of repercussions. They're not afraid. Most of these people that are out there, especially cop killers, when you hear a story of a police officer killed, the person involved usually was involved in some kind of felony assault or a shooting of some other individual in the past, some hardcore drug dealing, um, several robberies, violent crimes. These guys are not afraid. Um, when Mayor Giuliani was the mayor of New York City, he stood up, he took back the streets, it took time, you know, but it, 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 it took effort. It took men and women all over the city of every background that were willing to go all in and make this city a safer place. I don't know what's going on with these politicians nowadays, but I think they forget that they live in the same communities that the rest of us do. <laughs> and I don't know how you walk in Times Square and make believe that the homeless are not an issue, how there's people not sleeping in front of Good Morning America, how there's not panhandlers in the street, um, how Canal Street doesn't look like a third world country with all the fake handbags and everything else that they're trying to sell. And this isn't good because it leads to more problems. AOC, um, you know, I respect her for being a politician, but she says, well, $2.75 fare isn't what's affecting New York and the crime, and it absolutely is, because the fact is the people normally do have the money in their pockets to pay. They refuse to. Those individuals also are people normally that are going into the subway system because they did commit a crime, because they have a weapon or drugs on them, they just committed a crime or because they want it. And just like anybody else, you have to pay. You go into a supermarket. You're not going to go and run past the register, the average person. You're going to go take the items you need, go to the register like an adult, and pay for what you have to. There's no difference with going into a subway station after pay to get on a train. Um, and this is the mindset that politicians are giving to individuals out there, you know, a lot of young individuals, um, because, like, even though, you know, your beliefs and my beliefs might be different, we can meet halfway and say, you know what, Kathy, you're right, I do agree with that. And, Joe, you know what, I agree with what you're saying, too, but these kids nowadays, there's no speaking to them. Just like recently you went and spoke on uh, at a college campus, I believe. Yeah. And you were getting berated by these individuals that you're just trying to meet halfway and they don't even want to listen to you. <laughs> they don't want to hear a word that you're saying and how to get the point across and how do you inform people when they're not allowing you to speak. Yeah, I was actually, um, well, I spoke at the college and we had a room full of every different background and I had about um, someone who didn't actually come to speech come afterwards to kind of protest that um, she didn't appreciate that I give uh, proceeds 
to Blue Lives Matter, that I'm a hypocrite as a liberal that I am giving to police officers and their family, or to their families, to the needy, um, to those of the fallen or hurt um, in the police force. And I, I, it, was, it was a slight little protest. And the university, I think, actually had to um, do something about it afterwards because it, got, it escalated. But that was the, the one time ever I visited a university, and it was about giving back to police officers, uh, their families. So I, I, that's when I came to you and, and asked you, I don't understand why is it controversial to um, help those of the families of the fallen or hurt in, in the line of duty. I didn't know you went through that. I didn't, I didn't know that was a problem. You know what, I, I don't know what the reason for that is. I think it's the worst thing in the world, especially when you hear that and no matter what a life loss is, it's going to be tragic, but when you hear an officer that's either very young or a single mother of, of three kids or a father who has two young kids with a bright future and a young life and you hear that their life was, was stolen from them. And I heard something from a priest not too long ago. Is you hear, you know, the officers lay down their lives. They don't lay down their lives. They're stolen by an individual that has no remorse for anybody out there and their actions that they're going to take. And for people to not want to support police officers, or at least the officers who've lost their lives and, and helped their families, um, you know, there's something wrong with that. Now, I don't think other than the military, there's a job out there that you leave your house in the morning and say, I might not come home at the end of the day. And for police officers in our military, that is a, a real a real life threat every time you walk out that door and kiss your family goodbye or tell your parents goodbye. Um, you know, so, so that just goes back to another accountability issue and individuals not respecting authority. Um, because 99% of police officers out there do this job because they want to make a difference. They do it for the right reasons, just like in any profession. And in yours, I guarantee you walk away from some interviews and stuff. You're like, that person was a jerk or man, that person, you know, doesn't betray themselves to be how they really are in life. You know, wow, that they, they, they're not a good person. Well, that's anywhere. Teachers, doctors, lawyers, you know, whatever the case may be, priests, yeah. you know, they're, you're always going to have your handful. It's just when there's an agenda involved and people are able to push and get away with it, especially every time police, what you get to do is sue, sue a police department and someone's paying you out. People aren't stupid. Yeah. Um, and it's just the world that we've got. Yeah, no, I, I, I was a teacher and, uh, as a, as a teacher, yeah, dealing with the public, it was, a uh, it was kind of scary with people with their agendas. It wasn't the students. It was the parents. I was afraid of most of the time, but, um, yeah, no. For your organization, what what uh, I don't think a lot a lot of people don't understand. Your organization gives to the families. I'm not handing any money to um, a nonprofit so that you guys can go at the end of the day and um, go shopping or whatever at the end of your day. It's going directly to the families, children, groceries, clothing. You're helping the families of those who. They're in need. Uh, a lot of the families don't get the pensions. Whatever happens, they're in need. And whatever the reason is, that's where the money's going. And I've seen it. A, a lot of nonprofits um, say some things and they don't, like the American Red Cross, they've gotten caught so many times not doing the right thing. But yours, I've seen you give to families. Yeah, um, we don't, the, we don't yeah. get a salary. 
Um, even though it's, you know, 501c3 registered with the uh, government and the IRS is a business, technically, you could take it, we could do it to a certain amount. We don't do that. We don't take a cent. Um, 100% of the proceeds go back to whether giving a donation to the family, whether it's inviting them out to an event that they don't have to pay for to get them away from the, the regular lifestyle that they, they've become accustomed to because they're a tragedy, whether it's getting them, uh, you know, a weekend away or whether it's clothing or toys or whatever the heck it is that they need to put a smile on their face. That's where the money goes. And uh, we've been in operation just going into five years now. We've raised, you know, probably close to $1.2 million in that time span. And, uh, you know, we're just on the up and up. No, it's it's a, I love it. I've I've never been part of it. I love I love supporting that when I go to your events, I can actually I hand I'm able to hand the donations, the dollars, the the grocery store cards directly to the families, and that's the best feeling on earth. It's not going to a, a middle guy. You 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 just step aside and allow it to go. How do how do other people um how do other people help Blue Lives Matter? By the way, before. I have one more thing to ask you on the tweet, but how do they help directly if, if they want to help Blue Lives Matter? Well, what they can do is we have uh, several ways. We have uh, our Heroes Fund online or our products that we sell, our merchandise. That's how we pretty much create revenue to be able to continue to do what we do. Our website is www.bluelivesmatternyc.org. And you can follow us on Facebook, Blue Lives Matter NYC, and on Twitter, uh, at Blue Lives NYC. Cool. And then, of course, I've, I'm making a fool out of myself on a Cameo, C-A-M-E-O dot com, where all the proceeds 100% go to Blue Lives Matter. And, um, and, I, and I like buying the groceries, uh, giving the grocery money uh, to the families. So that's, um, that's, that's the way I'm able to do it. And we can, we can, you know, thank you enough because you got, you know, your own little kids and you have your own magazine to run and going on Fox all the time. And for you to take time out of your day to do things like that, to make other people happy, to do a cameo for, and also be able to donate to uh, an organization of your choice that's just very, very meaningful to myself. So I want to thank you for that. You are so sweet. Okay. All right. Wait, wait. I need to ask you one thing. Do, I, the, the, the person asked, does, the, does this tweet help or hurt um, the police officers? Donald Trump, this is a tweet he put out, uh, I think, one day ago. Our great police are being disrespected, even with water dumped on them, because a mayor and governor just don't have their backs. New York's finest must be cherished, respected, and loved. Does Donald Trump, does the president help or hurt by putting out a tweet and making it political. Well, on an everyday basis, no matter what he says, and as a police officer, it is nice to have someone standing up for you. But at the end of the day, no matter if he does or doesn't put a tweet up, it's not going to affect the everyday of a police officer and what they have to do with the radio runs, saving lives, um, the arresting bad people. Um, it's not going to make a difference either way. The police have, have a goal. Their main function is to preserve human life and help the people that can't help themselves and, uh, you know, continue on with your job. So it really doesn't affect the everyday, other than maybe a little morale boost. Um, if that, but no, it doesn't really affect what they do. Okay, all right, good. Can you believe it? I, I let people know you were going to be on uh, the podcast, and and the questions just came right in. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's, it feels that's really, awesome. really good. I know you're like super cool and super famous. Oh, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> one day maybe I could be like you. <laughs> yeah, one day you two could be the uh, liberal. Nah, you don't be the liberal Sherpa. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. You're so patient with me, and it was fun having the event and helping families. And I love you oh so much. And um, Thank you so much. Love you too. And I can't wait to see what's in store for us in the future. Okay, cool. Talk to you Talk later. Soon. Bye. Bye. Great guy.
Great interview. Well, I thought it was a great interview. So, I mean, let me know. Let me know if you thought it was a great interview. But uh, darn. Oh, gosh, darn. I, I just got uh, a tweet that I wasn't able to share. But um, okay, it's not actually a question. So uh, this is from at uh, Nick Robbins NY. He says, hey, I just saw your Blue Lives Matter tweet. I disagree with you a lot of, a lot, and sometimes want to rip my hair out watching you on Tucker. But I wanted to say thank you for donating to their cause. Lots of respect. So um, sorry about the hair loss, um, Nick Robbins NY. But uh, thanks for uh, the respect and for supporting Blue Lives Matter. And honestly, Joseph mentioned it. Uh, we do throw events and you all are invited. They're invite only, but you're invited. So if you want to get on the list, let me know. Go to my Twitter page. Go find Joseph. Get on the list. And you will see firsthand Joseph stands by and you directly, we directly, Catalina Magazine, my company, Liberal Sherpa, we directly give to the families of the fallen um, and to the families of those hurt in duty. It, they are just the middle guy. This, this is a nonprofit. They're, they're not getting any money. They're honestly just handing it to those in need. And it's amazing. A lot of Fox viewers went to our last event. You can see pictures on my Instagram at Kathy Aru. Um, you can also see it on his Instagram. And uh, it's just really, it's amazing. You'll cry. We were all crying because it's, it's just, it's emotional. And it's so great when we could all help each other. So yeah, definitely. And another way, if you want to, um, if really, if you just want to make fun of me or dare me to do crazy things, I um, am part of the Cameo, Famio is, is the thing, believe it or not. Cameo, C-A-M-E-O.com. If you go and uh, look for Kathy Aru, uh, C-A-T-H-Y-A-R-E-U. So Cameo.com, Kathy Aru. If you go there, uh, you can um, ask for me to do a shout out, a birthday wish, anything. And 100% of the proceeds goes to Blue Lives Matter. And it goes to families. And a lot of the families, they're everything. So if you check out Cameo and check out some of my videos, you'll see what I mean. And you guys are really funny. You're daring me to do crazy stuff. And it'll show you to love bigger. And if you go there, you'll know what I mean. Um, so if you have any questions for future podcasts, uh, please send them to me on Twitter. You know where to find me. Um, I'm at Aru Kathy. Don't go to any of the other ones. They are not me. Um, or at Liberal Sherpa. It's just up there for you to ask questions for future podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. I was wide awake. I hope I was better than usual or the usual. Bye. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers.